Yo guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm your host, Irvin, and today we have my dude Samuel Smith on the show. Now me and me and Samuel, we we kicked it back in January um in Pensacola, Florida, Pensacola Beach, Beach, Florida, um at a podcasting mastermind created by the one and only Zach Babcock and uh the I mean Samuel and, and everybody else I've never met him in person I've never talked to him and uh you know we actually got to know each other uh as well as all the other people there at the at their mastermind you know and and dude it's like the connection that we that we created that everybody um like everybody bonded like family everybody bonded like we knew each other um for years really and uh you know i got to hear a lot of a lot of his story his backstory um this is a dude that has you know made it made build companies different different types of companies uh cbd a cbd company uh car salesman car sales dealership um and he lost it um and now he's building building everything back up so he's a true hustler man he's gone through some adversity so you definitely don't want to check this one out um you definitely want to check this one out shit <laughs> but um you'll learn some stuff from samuel he's a he's a good guy he's a smart guy and uh his uh his mission is to help people in in any way possible so really take notes during this and uh you definitely don't want to miss this Alright guys, so before we get into the show with my dude Samuel, um, dude, I, I know you'll for sure find value in this um, because Samuel is one of the guys that has been through through a lot of stuff, you know, adversity, he's been through the ups and downs in business and life, um, so you're, you're definitely going to learn something from him, um, so since I know you're for sure going to learn something from him, uh, go ahead and send it to somebody that you know will benefit from from listening to to Samuel and all the the nuggets that he's gonna drop throughout this this episode. Um, also, go ahead and and share it on your on your um, social media. We'll repost you. Um, also, he has. Something I didn't mention before, he has a podcast called The Business, The Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Um, I will be a future guest on it. We already recorded the episode. He, we just, he just hasn't dropped it yet, but just go over there and, and show some love for him and the show, you know, subscribe and everything. He has some dope ass, dope ass content. But uh, anyways, guys, you know, appreciate you for tuning in and, and uh, also... Uh, go over to Facebook and search up the Breakthrough Society movement, and you'll see the our Facebook group pop up. Go ahead and request to join, 
and uh, we'll let you in and, and that's where we kick it and we help each other break through to the next level of of each other's lives so you know whatever you're trying to do you're trying to get more into fitness you know like i'm in that journey uh you're trying to get more into into business entrepreneurship there's tons of guys there that have built something legit including samuel so you know we'll help you out and whatever you need so just go over there and we can kick it and with that being said guys let's get into the show what's going on guys welcome back to the breakthrough society podcast i'm your host Irvin, and well today we we're doing uh our first in-person interview and i got my friend samuel smith here what's going on Irvin, man it's uh <laughs> it's great to have you in town dude it's been a minute since i've seen you yeah, yeah dude for uh, sure Met you out in uh, in Florida at Zach's thing, and then we were uh, we were in Dallas last month as well at the uh, the Apex meetup. So yeah, glad you could make it to my neck of the woods, mate. It's good yeah, to see you. Yeah, of course, man. I had to make the drive out here. It's only two hours. So. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're in College Station, uh, Brian, actually downtown, and uh, Irvin got to walk through my uh, my construction site of an office today. So we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't don't pan the camera to the left. You'll see all kinds of tools. And yeah, stuff. <laughs> we kept it in like a certain direction so you won't be able to see the rest. It's okay. It's the magic of video, mate. Yeah. Video. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man. So I uh, just tell the audience, you know, what, what do you do? Well, I got all kinds of stuff uh, that I do. But number one, podcasting. Obviously, I have the, yeah, yeah. the small business surgeon podcast, and that's that's how you and I met. Um, but I've built that on the back of a, a real estate company uh, I own, live in College Station, and a media company I own, the uh, the Texas Media Foundry. And uh, the reason my office looks like it does is because um, late last year. We decided to uh, to fold up the the corporate side of things and looking like uh, wearing suits and having granite countertops in the office and everything else. And we decided to uh, to get our own little space in the heart of downtown Bryan and renovate it and turn it into something uh, something unique that, that we wanted to use. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely been a fun career so far, man. I was out with my with my drone this morning taking yeah. uh, taking pictures and now I'm recording a podcast and it's it's not like work at all. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just having fun, you know. That's the way it's supposed to be. Pretty much, man. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, so we were saying that uh, you were wearing like the, you had the granite uh, countertops, you had the suit. Yeah. You, you were kind of like, you know, that's what that's what you think that you're supposed to look like whenever you're doing something with business, right? Absolutely, mate. And and to be honest, it attracted the wrong kind of people. Yeah. Uh, I spent my first two years selling real estate, trying to please everybody, like. Um, you know, we get asked the question a lot in, in, in our groups, you know, who's your ideal client? Yeah. And when you first start out in real estate, you're taught that you're there to serve anybody that needs to buy or sell real estate. And you're really important and you're a, a professional in the same category as a doctor or a lawyer. And in reality, you're not. Um, you know, and if you try to serve everybody, uh, you end up bending this way and that way to try and accommodate everything you can and you, you're not really ever true to who you want to be and so that is when I had the uh, the epiphany from joining uh, Apex and, and getting to study in a little bit of that it's when I had the epiphany that hey maybe I should just be Sam and attract the people that are like Sam that Sam wants to work with and that is I mean it took uh, it took a little over a year building that likable attractive character online but now i do far more real estate business than i ever did wearing a suit and look at me nice. a t-shirt <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah but so are you and so is so are all my clients you know people with tattoos like you know the guys watching will see but the guys listening won't but i've, I've got quarter sleeve tattoos and i've got a forearm tattoo 
and you know there was a huge amount of pressure in the corporate real estate world to cover those up and wear yeah. long sleeves and everyone, everything else. And uh, immediately when I got my headshots done for my rebrand, I just I had my tattoos out front and center. And you know what? It turns out people with tattoos buy houses just as much as people oh, yeah. without tattoos. You know, so uh, yeah, definitely be true to, to to who you are. Yeah, and that's something that that everybody like your parents, your family members, they instill in you right at an early age. You know, you want to get a tattoo, and they're like, "Oh, how are you going to get a job with a tattoo on your hand? Yeah, like you're yeah, going to have to wear a long sleeve all the time because if not, you're not going to get a job." So, like, you you start believing like these kind of stuff, you well, know, like once you get older. I I totally bamboozled my dad because you know he wasn't a fan of me getting a tattoo, yeah. but this tattoo here was out of his mother's office. It was an art print she'd had hanging on the wall for like 40 <laughs> years. And so this is an exact copy of the uh, the art print that my grandma, that my dad's mom had in her office. And he couldn't really say anything. He was like, oh, well, oh, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was that. So uh, yeah, my parents, and I, I think most people's parents are against tattoos. And honestly, I'd, I'd be mildly against my kid getting a forearm tattoo, but I didn't get this one until I was 36 and I was retired <laughs> when I got it. So it didn't really matter. And then. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I was 37 and unretired and I know like, well shit, I got to wear long sleeves. <laughs> but um, no, uh, I, I do much, much better at business by just being me and attracting the people that are like me. Yeah. Uh, then you, you, you end up working with people like you and it's always fun, you know? Yeah. So, and I think like if you try to play that, uh, like that character, you know, um, people are looking at you like, like, you know, who's this guy kind of thing. And if you're yourself <laughs> yes. and people like, you know, meet you, you're, clients and they're still going to be like well who's this guy but that's probably somebody that you don't want to do business with yeah but you're not intimidated by me um me in a suit sitting across the table from a client in a t-shirt and jeans <laughs> it puts the client in the wrong mindset yeah um you know and i i wear generally v-neck t-shirts obviously round one today but i, I wear generally v-neck t-shirts and, uh, and blue jeans and sketches or sneakers and more often than not, I'm sitting across the table from somebody that's dressed exactly like me. And if I was in a suit, it would be the wrong kind of um, emphasis in the conversation. It would just totally mess up the balance of the conversation. And my job as a real estate agent is uh, it's to stand between the client and the transaction and get in the way of everything possible that's stressful for that client and absorb all that stress and take care of all of it. And they are much more comfortable with somebody that talks like them, that dresses like them, that resonates with them, doing that for them than they are with a guy in a suit. And I, I had nothing but, not nothing but, but I, I had so many poor experiences wearing the, uh, wearing the suit um, with clients that were quite misaligned with what I wanted to do with my core values and by by just it was as simple as changing what I wore and changing my online image from the realtor and the in the jacket that everybody wears to I'm, I'm the one I'm the only one in this marketplace that wears t-shirts and shows his tattoos and yeah. it's just it, it, it it's just great man it's just great I couldn't be happier yeah and I see like you got a Facebook group going on and yes. like I yeah. see all the posting that you do on social media, man. And I f like I read the comments sometimes and, and <laughs> yeah, like I see like you interact very well with with everybody else on well, there. That's again, that's something I've learned over time. And the one thing I caution your listeners to remember is, uh, you know, they people say, oh, you're so good at this. or you're so good at that. Yeah. 
it's it's nothing to do with that it's not luck it's not talent it is practice it is actually just making the posts making the videos I can go back three and a half four years now to my first videos that I ever made I just cringe watching them. <laughs> I cringe. I'm so yeah. awkward but it, it comes over time and um, my my social media is is planned it's it's done deliberately it's done on purpose um in order to you know engage people to entertain people uh to to keep people coming back to this likable attractive character and when i first started out i felt a little bit fake um because i was trying to portray this guy that knew about real estate that was wearing a suit and everything else and then once i started just posting my day-to-day -day stuff and what i was thinking and what i really was thinking and you know occasionally there would be i mean good good lord you would never say fuck uh in a corporate real estate environment you <laughs> yeah. never make it in a facebook post never um but now you know you don't put them in every post but they slip out it's in the vernacular normal people say fuck between each other it's a, it's a relatively common word and having the comfort to say that in a professional environment, it just, it's, it's made such a change in, uh, in how my business operates. Yeah, the social media is all planned, mate. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> yeah, dude, and I feel like you have a, I mean, we talked before about, uh, you know, having your schedule set. Oh, God, yeah. So, like, how do you, like, do that, man? Because, as you know, like, that's something that I still struggle with. Dude, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hate having that little bug that go, oh man, you should get a picture of this. Like this morning, I was out, um, I had to go and uh, grab some footage uh, of a new listing. I took my, my drone out real quick. It was up and down, just a three minute, just, just a couple of pictures. And um, I stopped and I was longer laying on the ground with my camera on portrait setting, taking pictures of the drone for social media than I was doing the video shoot. You know, um, I, I schedule my time every single day for social media. I got a 20, 25 minute slot between 8.05 and 8.30 that I post purposeful stuff. And then I, on days when the podcast comes out, Monday and Friday, I have to schedule more time so I can do the podcast stuff. And then um, Wednesdays, I schedule time to do all my event stuff. I mean, it's like scheduled. It's not, it's not fun, it's not messing about, it's not scrolling news feeds and looking at stuff. It's, it's done with a purpose and um, you know, before I got really serious about my calendar, um, I still use yellow pad. You'll see them over there on the desk. Uh, I've got stacks of them. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very, um, I date every page. I'm very particular about my notes. I, I love having physical notes that I can touch and go back through uh, and stuff. And I always thought, well, I don't need a calendar. I've got my notes. But honestly, the combination of having a calendar and having notes, um, you don't realize how much free time you've got in your day or how much time, I wouldn't say free, but let's say unproductive time, time where you're not oh, focused, yeah. time where you're not on a task. Um, you know, like you'll just be coasting along on Facebook and before you know it, you've burned 45 minutes <laughs> uh, scrolling a mile and a half down, down some newsfeed. And you're you know, preaching, yeah. And it's, it's just part of the, the, digital distraction that, that we're dealing with um, that, that's really started to come about in the last 10 years. It's so easy to lose focus. We're, we're constantly, do you remember like, um, I don't know, you, you might be a bit young. Oh shit, maybe myself <laughs> there. Um, like with, with these online chat rooms, you would always type BRB, like, like yeah, yeah. or <laughs> A, uh, AFK away from keyboard. Like we don't use that anymore. 
that's because like we're always online like always um i had a friend hit me up the other night um uh, I got I got some messages at like six in the morning. She's like, "Hey, hey, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." She's like, "You weren't online at all last night." <laughs> like, no, <Yeah. laughs> it was great, you know. Um, but that, that's the world we live in now. Is is where you're expected to instantly respond to everything, to text messages, to social media, and honestly, my calendar's been an absolute godsend. I am with you right now for the allotted amount of time that we're together. My phone's off. It's great. I'm not scrolling through messages. I'm not being distracted. We're focusing on tasks. And it's the same when I'm sitting with my clients. Um, having that calendar and being able to protect my time and being able to say, right, um, every morning, 10.30 to 11 o'clock is follow up with leads, send out the emails I need to send out, um, like every day, that's, that's on there. Every morning, 8.30 uh, to 10.30 is taking up with client meetings. And I book, I book them up, I use calendar links to book them up. And, knowing that my phone's going to be off till 10.30 and then 10.30 to 11 is checking time. I'm going to check in my messages. I'm going to check my emails. I'm going to follow up with my clients. I mean, it's just, it's so much easier. And you got Thomas Keenan to thank for that. You know, <laughs> um, really, I, again, I always fought the calendar thing. Um, always fought it. I thought my notepad will be good enough. But boy, when I combine my notepad with my calendar and then combine that with actual digital notes on my phone as well, now we're in business, yeah? So uh, how do you do it? Um, I mean, I, I like I have like the time slots on the calendar, but I mean, I'm still struggling with fucking <laughs> we're going to sleep early. So if yeah. I don't go to sleep early, yeah. like that fucks me up in the morning. Uh -huh. You know, I don't wake up on time. Like I wake up a little bit later because yeah. I would like to like I have set already on my calendar, like wake up at like four, four, I think. Yeah, oh, four. What's <laughs> wrong with you? Yeah. My, my, my alarm goes off at 515. And, um, you know, for the most part, I pay attention to it and get up. There's some mornings, uh, especially like on weekends that I might not feel like getting up at 5.15, it still goes off. But um, yeah, the, the hardest part of my day is, is getting out of bed and starting to move, getting that exercise in, getting that first workout in that's on the calendar. Uh, and if it's not on the calendar, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. You know? So you get up at four o'clock, man. I mean, on a what good is, day. What is that like? <laughs> I think there should only be one four o'clock in every day. I'm, I'm pretty adamant yeah. that. I can do five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. But a good day should only have one four o'clock in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, it really depends what time you go to sleep. Because if you go to sleep like at 10, let's say, then you can probably get up at four, like with these. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just a bit old. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in bed by 10 to 10.30 and uh, most nights uh, I'm up by 5.15, 5.30 most days and you know then you want to sleep in on a weekend it doesn't work like um <laughs> i i recently rediscovered a passion for music um i was a professional musician as a a, a teenager and that's young hair. yeah that's <laughs> yeah so um like now i'm getting home at like playing a show friday night and getting home at two o'clock on saturday morning Jeez. i'm like well i'm not getting up at five <laughs> but you know you roll out of bed because you can't sleep like your body's used to being awake and you're up at 7 o'clock you feel like you got hit by a bus but uh, yeah, I definitely love playing music again that's something I've missed so uh, I guess we work that into the schedule and that's why this, this weekend on Facebook I was like so uh, I've scheduled this time off and uh, this is what I'm intending to do with it you know and uh, it's not all work all the time as an entrepreneur and it shouldn't be um it should be hard work when you're at work and you should be focused when you're at work and then on the time that you've allowed yourself to take off you should take off man. yeah 
uh, it's all too easy to turn around and go, like this place, for example, right? I could quite easily have kept working on some sheetrock and knocking out the next bit of paint on Saturday. And I could have done it on Sunday as well, quite easily. But I needed that time for my kids. I needed that time to sleep in. I needed that time to go grocery shopping and stuff. You can't always be an entrepreneur. At some point, you've got to be a dad and you've got to be just human, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I talk, like, I talk to, to Thomas a lot about that, where reading his book is like reading my life story from 2019 dude Dude, i think it's like reading all of our life stories he does like thomas makes the mistakes that just about every entrepreneur i know has made yeah um but you know the determined son of a bitch just kept going and now look at him you know it's uh, it, it gives me inspiration for sure yeah and i i thought like 2019 i thought i had to like you know grind like the whole day <laughs> so i would literally leave house leave my house like at six get back like at 10 mm-hmm. 10 at night you know so i thought that was like the grind that's what i was supposed to do and like trying to like incorporate the g-code more into my life right mm-hmm. like i realized like i won't i was only like doing the the third g the grind yeah and uh, like i was missing all these other areas in my life you know and now it's it's like i'm trying to like incorporate all these you know that way you can have like the like that you know balance i guess between yeah. all the like the four areas i can't say enough how much the g-code has, has, has yeah. changed me and i wish i could i wish i could enjoy working on the genetics part a little more <laughs> um you know yeah I, I don't know i i played soccer like you um obviously you got to a quite a bit higher level than me but i played all through my childhood i played you know shit i was even playing last year in city league and it's just like my body just said hey you know what we're done like, we've had <laughs> enough um you know but I, put my knee out I bulged some discs in my back you know all from playing soccer I've broken ribs and uh, at some point it was like man you know what I'd rather just like go for a walk so a lot of my a lot of my uh, genetic a lot of my workouts I'll go walk for an hour instead because like as much as I miss running around the park and playing soccer dude I just uh, I think I just cracked that age where my body's like yeah you don't want to be playing soccer no more man and uh, that that makes me sad (laughs) yeah I'm a little envious of you you know so is it so is it soccer or is it football that's football yeah yeah (laughs) football no doubt yeah my team is uh my team is having a rough ride this year man Manchester city liverpool (laughs) liverpool they're struggling in like eighth right i i I don't know this week uh they've had it bad i think they've had so many injuries their longest center half pairing has been two and a half matches like that's just insane um they've got so many injuries to the squad they're literally fielding what might as well be a reserve team right now it's 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 pretty bad um but you know it's football some some years are on top some years are not and you just keep supporting your team and off you go with it yeah, yeah for sure the g code is just um you might see a couple of copies of it laying around the office i've given it to my guys out here but g code has just been like absolutely fundamental in me like getting to our you know, getting to that next level and um yeah i wished because you're you're what 26 yeah so i wished i'd found it at your age you know <laughs> when 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 the first time i built a successful business um i didn't have a mentor and i was at about five six percent roi and i couldn't get it any higher than that I couldn't get it profitable and we yeah we did a lot of volume but it wasn't a lot of profit by the end of the day you know and um, it, it was a car dealership and it just I had nobody to go to with that. And the second time I built a successful business, I made so much money, I had nobody mentoring me with it. And, you know, I made 
significant mistakes and I ended up losing that business. And now, boy, what I wouldn't give to, to go back 10 years and find like Apex and uh, Arate and all you guys and yeah. podcasting and stuff because back then there was no instructions. You just kind of had to wing it and hope you didn't fail. And now there's this guys that have uh, just laid out blueprint after blueprint for us in social media and in, uh, in podcasts and stuff. And there's, there's all the resources. So, man, I mean, you've got such a great fucking future ahead of you, dude. I mean, yeah, you really do. Good head on your shoulders. you got a fucking good little business going and you, you're going to go far, dude. Yeah, so tell us about the the first business. The first the first business was a car dealership. That was uh, um, it was a real estate flip. Uh, I started out flipping houses um, in my early twenties, and um, this was a real estate flip. It was uh, a derelict car lot, and uh, I grew up around cars. I grew up working on them and stuff. And um, you know, I was 30, 29, 29 30, 30, somewhere around that age. I don't remember, and. Um, I thought, well, you know, I'll buy it and I'll flip this car lot because it was a great location. And um, it ended up being a, oh, fuck it, what could go wrong? And we, we, we got licensed to sell cars and then I got licensed by the OCCC to originate credit. And then I hired a couple of guys to work in the shop in the back. And then we went out and spent like $40,000 on five cars and saw what happened, man. And... Um, it grew, I, I had it three and a half years before I sold it. And uh, it grew to where we were doing between 22 to 28 cars a month, pretty consistently. And um, I just couldn't get that, because I was leveraging myself, and it's, it's another reason I don't really borrow money these days. Um, you know, I'll borrow money for a real estate asset, um, and that's about it. I try to pay cash for everything. Uh, I just, it, just uncomfortable waking up with debt. And I know that's not the, the business plan for everybody. I know some people have uh, higher risk tolerances than I do, but I've been through it to where I've leveraged myself and lost stuff. And I just I just don't fancy it um, anymore. So part of the car dealership was, you know, by the time it was all said and done, we were paying well into five figures every month uh, in floor plan fees and interest and everything else because I was leveraged for, my credit line was close to $2 million on um, on floor plan, on inventory. So $2 million sounds like a lot, right? But when your cars are $20,000 each and you got 20 cars and that's 400 grand and you've got 10 more on a transport somewhere and then you've got five more waiting to be funded deals that have sold and it just it stacks up pretty quick yeah. and we would average between 800,000 and 1.2 million in outstanding like at, at any given time so you, you do have you know high interest to pay on that you've got fees and stuff and um, it worked but we I just couldn't get above like five six percent um, ROI and I was working a lot of hours and um, you know, I was into internet marketing as well. That's how I was selling cars. And I just, I fell back more into the affiliate marketing side of things and selling products online. And um, I ended up uh, selling the car dealership to, to some guys that uh, um, they, they went out of business about 18 months after I sold it oh. to them. <laughs> well, I, I sold the business and leased the building, but I kept the land. And then uh, I turned around after that and um, I sold the land off to a real estate developer. and made back the profit on the flip and I made some profit on the car dealer. I mean, it wasn't a bad experience. It was just a lot of work and I found other ways that I could work fewer hours and make more money. So, you know, you're not, like, I've got a plan, but I'm not committed to anything. Dude, if I find a way 
to work fewer hours, make more money, and most importantly, impact more people's lives. You think I won't walk away from real estate in a minute? I love real estate. It's, it's absolutely great. It, it's, it's phenomenal. But there's no game plan for me that says I gotta go out and sell 600 houses in a year. No, dude, if, if I can find stuff I like to do that pays me more than I'm currently making, then why would I pursue that opportunity? And that's what happened in the car business. And um, that's what happened with, uh, with the supplements at the time. Um, you know, I, I, got, uh, I got to where I couldn't get credit card processing because we were part of, uh, part of a network crash that, that there was a whole lot of credit card fraud. And I thought, well, what can I do that you know, pays me about the same amount of money that I'm gonna enjoy? And um, I, uh, I was hired by a real estate company to train their agents in marketing. And then I was like, well, wait a minute, I could still, I could do this. And sure enough, you know, almost four years later, here I am, and uh, we're, we're doing real estate quite well. And um, that's not to say that as podcasting takes off, and um, through, through no intent of my own, um, I have a business owners group here in town on Facebook. It's got nearly 700 members in it now. And people from the group have started hiring me as a business consultant to help them on their journeys. So yeah, if I can if I can replace my real estate income with something that's um, more profitable and more viable, and then I can sell a real estate company, sure. That's just part of being an entrepreneur, man. It's part yeah. of the journey. You know, if somebody said to you, Irvin, you're gonna make a million dollars doing electrical uh, contracting this year, or you can make five million dollars committing to podcasting, coaching, and, and speaking engagements, yeah. you, you might just hang up your electrical pliers, yeah. might you know, you know? <laughs> Yeah, frame so, them up in the wall or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's where I started. And I'm not tied to real estate. I'm not tied to media. You know, I'm not tied to Texas Media Foundry. If if a better opportunity comes along, uh, I've built all of my stuff with an end goal of selling everything anyway. You know, I don't want to be 50 years old in 10 years' time and operate in a media company. I don't want to be 50 years old and selling yeah. real estate. I want to be on a beach somewhere. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, own a bar on a beach. I think that's all. That's all of us want, right? Yeah. Just better than the one we went to in Florida. <laughs> For sure, due to the weather. <laughs> yeah. Dude, how important were those like learning experiences from the first businesses that you failed and the, what you struggled with to, to where you are now? You, you know, you can look back with regret and go, you know, oh, I wish I hadn't failed. I wish I hadn't. Yeah. But, you know, like when I sold my car dealership, I was pretty depressed. Um, I was pretty affected by it in, in the, you know, I didn't feel like I succeeded. I sold it because I just, fucking quit because I was tired of working 70, 80 hours a week, being tied to this bitch, and putting 150 grand a year in my pocket. I'm like, that's just bullshit, that's too much work. I had come from a legal background, um, I was uh, AAPL landman, and uh, I would go around doing oil and gas leasing legal work, and I would make anywhere from 120 to 150,000 a year on a 40 hour week. So for me to double my hours, and I, I I was annoyed, I was irritated, I was, I was pissed off when I sold it. I didn't want to quit, but I just couldn't justify 80 hours a week for 150 grand a year. I was just, I was done. Absolutely, just fucking over it. And the lesson I took from it was, wait a minute, you know, I'm 32 or 33 years old or however was, old I was, I just sold my car dealership. Like, where's your fucking car dealership, dude? You didn't build one. You didn't start with a field and a fucking derelict building and renovate a building and pour asphalt in a field and put concrete curbs up and plant trees. You didn't do any of that shit. I did it. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's how it feels. 
right? So the depression gave way to, to a little bit of pride and go, you know what, I did it. I'm 33 years old, I sold a profitable business. I can go do it again. And um, you know, the, the major lesson is like, I would never trade any of the experiences. Yeah, I'd love to shortcut it. Yeah, I'd love business coaches that could have bailed me out and shit. Sure I would, but I'd never trade that experience because again, I didn't lose money on the investment. I paid money to figure out how to do it and figure out how not to do it. And um, you gotta see your losses as just building foundations. That's all they are. You will shit the bed occasionally as an entrepreneur. And I don't I don't care if you've got a five-figure company or a seven-figure company. There's gonna come a day where you shit the bed and you go, ah, whoops. And you might have enough capital to get over it, and you might not. But being an entrepreneur is a constant cycle of failure and then you go as hard as you can until you fail again. You take that lesson, you go as hard as you can until you fail again. And uh, It's like, I equate it to go-kart racing, right? Most people with jobs at the go-kart track, they just go round and round the track and they get a little faster over time. Pretty much every entrepreneur at the go-kart track, it's the first thing they do, smash it into the wall. They go as fast as they can, they smash it into the wall, they go, right, I'm gonna come around this next lap, I'm not gonna go quite that fast. And then they go as fast as they can again until they smash it into the wall again. And that's why entrepreneurs always win at go-kart racing. <laughs> it's the yeah. truth, man. It's the truth, I swear. Yeah, nice, man. That's awesome. That's the lesson, man. Don't yeah. ever give up. Just just keep on going and use the failure to build your foundations. Cool, man. So uh, as we're running out of time here, just uh, I have one last question, and then uh, you can tell... Which, just tell the folks where they can find you, where everything's at right now. Oh, right on. Yeah, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at Small Business Surgeon. You can get a hold of me on Facebook at Small Business Surgeon. And most importantly, you can run on over to iTunes and uh, search for us at the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Yeah, follow us along. Awesome. Um, well, the video's going to cut out, but we can still keep going with the audio real yeah, quick. Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just have one last question. One more question. Yeah. Go for it, yeah. Um, what, what, are you, what part... Or what like event in your life do you define as your breakthrough moment? Oh fuck, that's easy. Um, yeah, so, so we haven't touched on this at all. Um, I lost my second business due to um, overabundance of money. We were, we were, it was literally like printing money. And my second business was selling supplements online. I had my own supplement brand, and um, yeah, I won't touch on how much I lost but it was a significant amount and um, you know I was drinking excessively like um, so much so that I would drive past different liquor stores just so the one liquor store wouldn't recognize me from coming in too much yeah. it was kind of like that I mean I would start drinking at 10 30 11 o'clock in the morning and just go and that'd be it and um, so <clears throat> February of 2017 um, a real close friend of mine he lost his um, long-term partner they weren't married but they've been together for about 10 years and he lost her uh, I think she was 46 and uh, it was due to alcohol and she got that thing where they turn yellow and if they get really big uh, they can't process I forget what it's called but it, it's the thing that alcoholics get when the liver fails she got that and I was around her at the end of her life helping to like turn her and wiping bed sores and it was it was absolutely fucking awful and there's me 37 years old no 36 years old at the time just drinking every day and trying to 
pretend that this wasn't going to happen to me in 10 years because she was only 46. And uh, 46, beautiful, life of the party, just like to drink a lot. It degenerated into uh, drinking far too much and killing her. And, you know, that, uh, that May, um, middle of that May was when my business collapsed. And we had uh, we got tickets to go to England to stay with my family. My little sister was, um, she was getting married. And uh, we were just drunk every day. I mean, it's a wedding, you know. Um, and the very last night, I remember I was sitting up till probably about one in the morning, just drinking whiskey with my dad, just sitting around the fire talking. And, you know, anyway, quick nap. And then five o'clock the next morning, um, I was uh, I was leaving. It was about 5.15, we are leaving for the airport. And my mom, she, she hugged me goodbye and she, she whispered in my ear. She whispered, sort your fucking life out. And... Um, that was that was kind of it. That's my defining moment, you know. Watching my friend's wife die from it, and um, watching my company collapse, and then boy, when your sixty-three-year-old mother tells you to sort your fucking life out, you know you messed up. Those are the exact words she used. My mom doesn't swear, you know. And uh, that was a defining moment for me. Uh, after that, um, I got on the airplane and I, I got to sit down to order a double Jack and Coke, and I thought, well. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just hold off on a on a jack and I'll just have coke and then uh, I got home and I'm like man I haven't had a drink today I, I'll just go to bed you know what and I went to bed and the next day I was like man you know I wonder if I could not have a drink today and I didn't and it just that's how I and it's been uh, it's been almost four years it'll be four years in June and I do it the same every day I'm like you know what I'm not gonna have a drink today might have one tomorrow not gonna have one today be all right. So I never said to myself, I'll never drink again. Uh, you know, there's a good chance that maybe one Christmas Eve as I'm sitting around a fire with my dad and he pours a glass of scotch, I might have a sip. There's a real good chance, but I'm in control, you know, and that's the thing. And so that was my defining moment, mate. Sorry, it was a little bit deeper than you wanted. Yeah. No, no, it's all good, dude. It's, <laughs> it's my defining moment, yeah. Yeah, no more drinking. Yeah, one day at a time. Yeah, yeah, and anybody yeah, yeah. struggling with that, dude. Now, um, you know, my podcast and through my coaching and stuff, my, I mean, my, my objective is just to help people. And the one thing I've learned since joining these networking groups that are full of entrepreneurs, and I'm talking about honest entrepreneurs as well, you know, the, the, the guys at the, the Chamber of Commerce and the guys at the Realtors Association, they're never going to show you the raw side of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, they're all going to sure, be yeah. out there in the suits. They're all going to be out there trying to one-up each other and look good in front of each other and all that shit. Yeah. But really joining networking groups with real business owners that talk about real shit. The struggles and all that. Every single person has been an alcoholic or had a drug problem or been to jail yeah. or had a divorce or had a bankruptcy. Every single fucking one of them. And, you know, if I can help entrepreneurs, even one or two, just get off of alcohol and kick it one day at a time and focus on their businesses and focus on their families. And, you know, my marriage collapsed because of stupid shit I did while I was drinking. I mean, that's just how it is. That's the, that's the reality of it. And um, it's, it's something that if I can help other people through that, uh, knowing that it's such a common trait in entrepreneurs and we've all had drinking problems and we've all had... Uh, marriage problems and we've all had business problems dude if I can help through that that's that's my purpose now that's my calling that's why I'm here dude yeah yeah. that's awesome man 
cool man well i appreciate you coming on the show man thank you so much for having me on dude it's been uh, it's been a pleasure i'm glad you got to come to my neck of the woods and hang out yeah. thanks and for man, having us yeah dude, it's gonna look a whole lot better the next time you come by I oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah looking so. forward to it all right well dude i appreciate you man and again for your listeners uh you can find us uh on instagram and facebook at uh, small business surgeon and over on itunes at the small business surgeon podcast Irvin, dude thank you hell yeah man coming out hell yeah man for sure Uh oh she was a call all right